Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, have you ever wondered how does somebody like Donald Trump come about? You know Donald Trump's father was in real estate construction before he was. And he passed that on to his son. His son got to hang around, you know, the construction sites. I remember his dad used to make him walk around and pick up nails uh, so they could save money. Uh, All kinds of strange stories there. But the bottom line is, is that sometimes in life you are born into a situation that's great. And this next guest did that. Now, when and if that happens, and I've known many people it has, some of my kids included, you have to make something of that. You have to decide that, hey, I'm, I'm giving, I've been given, a, you know, a hand up to start with in life. And am I going to do something with it? Donald Trump did, and that's why he became a billionaire. His dad was never a billionaire. He exceeded his father's wealth by many, many, many times. Um, but the bottom line is not that many people. Sometimes people in second generation success, uh, successful families, they, the kids just fall apart. It's like, hey, I've been given everything since I was a kid, spoon-fed, whatever, and they don't. Today I have with me a young gentleman who did it the right way. He learned from his parents. He did what they said. He saved his money. He went to college and got educated on something that actually applies towards what his lifetime goal is. And uh, at 23 years of age, he purchased his first apartment complex. Yes, I said that. Not house, not duplex, fourplex, apartment complex. It was uh, 26 units, and uh, he went through the entire process, sold it, and made himself and his partner's profit. To do this at an age starting in 23, I think he's 24 now, is an incredible feat. It's unbelievable. I want you to focus on this. I didn't buy my first rental house till I was in my 30s, early 30s. Uh, maybe 32. This kid's got 10 years on me. If you exponentiate that growth, plus the fact that I had no mentor when I started and all I knew how to do was buy houses, this kid has the potential to put a B in front of his net worth. Something I'll probably never do, but I didn't get this start. So I'm really excited today to bring him on and discuss the matter with him, Mr. Miles Moscarello. Miles, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate and happy to have this opportunity to talk to you. Big shoes to fill, man. Your family was successful. Your mom and dad both are highly successful individuals in and of themselves for what they've done in life. And uh, you got that that little hand up of having the right gene pool, man. Um, let's talk about how you see it. How did they work into you as a young kid? Because, hey, 
kids are kids, man. They, you know, the apple may not fall far from the tree, but it can roll all over the place. And <laughs> to be able to keep you close to the tree is not that easy sometimes for parents. I know myself. You know, I don't have any of my kids at real estate, you know, successful yet. And um, my kids are way older than you, 10 years older than you, 15 <laughs> years older than you. And they're still out there, like, bonking around in the world trying to figure out, if, you know, what they're going to do with their lives and so on and so forth. They're just lost and living a life of quiet desperation, all of them. They, they know it. They know the seminar. They know how I live. And they won't do it. So I'm sitting here to you, like all the rest of us out here, going, what? did you get that made you become what you are today? We want to hear the story. So take us back as young as you can remember. What started this and how did they form you into this little investment monster you are today? Um, keep in mind that my parents never were involved really in real estate up until when I was that age, about 13 or 14, and my parents joined Lifestyles. and They slowly started passive investing, and I was I'm keeping an eye on it. But just like you said, I, I was a kid then. And I wasn't paying too much attention, but I knew they were doing something and something new for them in particular. So it caught my attention, and sure enough, my mom's a very strong-minded person, and so she was like, oh, we signed up for this. I turned 14. She brought me to a two-a-day uh, along with my brother, one of the two-day sessions um, that you have over the weekend, which is super informational. But I was 14, and it was a lot of information for me. But I was sitting there, and I was going, wow, this is really interesting. I've always been a math and numbers guy, and more particularly a money person. And so I was just seeing these numbers and seeing the deals um, and seeing the underwriting of things, and I, w I was really taking a liking to it. And so I, I was eager to pass and invest in general, and, and sure enough, I turned about 15 or 16. My parents uh, fortunately bought an IRO property, about 120-plus units, and I was really interested. So I asked my mother, hey, I know there's a management team in place, but is there any chance I could shadow the manager and shadow the leasing agent, maybe even do some maintenance work if possible, just because I wanted to get a better feel and maybe even get a summertime job while I was in high school at the time. Um, I ended up working there that entire summer, and that was when a major light bulb went off in my head where I was like, oh, wow, she uh, – I'd never known what I thought an apartment complex, who who they were owned by or what they fully had worked with. But when I got to see T12s and see P&Ls and talk to managers, see the leasing agent work and see how much time the maintenance guy was doing for unit terms. And I, I was doing some cleanouts myself at the time. So I was seeing the good, the bad, the ugly for sure. And it was just so interesting and it was so cool to be a part of a business. And that's where the light bulb went off. I was like, wow, my mother, my mother bought a business. This isn't just someplace people live. It's, it, it's a transactional business and people and there's people work and a lot of conversations are going on. I really enjoyed that. And so pretty much from then when I was 16, I knew I wanted to get into passive investing and get into real estate in general and more particular uh, multifamily. Uh, how did your mother help you without spoiling you or breaking you? In other words, by helping out with your finances through your earlier years to build up to where you were ready to do this. Right, right. So I was actually very fortunate where, so I was in high school at the time, just to break it down. I was in high school, I believe I was about 16, maybe 17, and I was in this class that was a, basically a Dave Ramsey course called Money Matters in my high school. And I was sitting there learning about IRA accounts and everything. And I had uh, recently gained knowledge that I had an IRA account from when I was super young, and my mother um, would put me in some different like baby modeling gigs, and I'm on some random covers of some music albums and stuff. So I had an IRA account and I was learning about it in high school and I knew I wasn't going to touch that money till I was 60 something plus. And it almost 
it felt like nothing to me. I was like, wow, well, 60, 50 years from now, I might touch this money. So I knew I needed to get capital to pass and invest. I'd been watching my parents. Um, by no means it was my mother like, you have to pass and invest. This is the way. I just, I had seen them do it. We'd always been, they, I was fortunate where they were talking about money with me all the time. And I was seeing what they were doing and seeing the actual numbers behind it. Um, and I was like, man, there's something to this. I want to get involved in passive investing. What's the best way? I'm in this high school class learning about my IRA account. Um, sure enough, I learned that I could pay off uh, college, higher education with that IRA money. And it would be no, ta- it would be a much less of a tax hit on that if I pulled it out. So I ended up paying for my college that way. And I was fortunate and I knew that my mom had been saving up a little bit of college for me. So I asked her as she was passive investing as well. I said, hey, mom, I, I know uh, if I pay off school with this IRA money, if I can use any of the college funds that you're saving for me now, passive invest. She was happy for me to do that. And so I got into two passive deals that way um, with that first IRA money, using that to pay off school, had her reimburse me and use that money strictly to passive invest there. Um, so I was fortunate for that. But the biggest thing was, with staying open and we always talked about the deals, we always talked about the things she was investing in and what, what her money was doing and working for her. And that's where, that's where it was more I took on myself to be like, wow, there's something to this. I want to get involved. How can I get involved? And so I, I was chomping at the bit. I went to many of the two-day sessions and lifestyles. I took all the course loads, passive investing. I mean, I was doing the passive course loads after I'd get done with my high school day come home, watch like four or five courses and just take notes, gobble all the information up. And then, so it was really, really interesting um, on that end, but it was by no means a forced thing or she was like, you have to get into real estate. I just, I saw the opportunity. I saw the money being made by some people, but I saw the lifestyle they were living and how some of them had been leaving jobs or had been laid off and then now getting into what they're doing. Um, And I just knew I had to be a part of it. So, folks, uh, I'm just going to shed some light. There's another gentleman I've had on before, um, John Boriak, whose father basically did the same thing. He took his college fund and he let his son start a business with his college fund, which was real estate, by the way. He started bought houses, then apartment complexes with it. And so the concept is interesting to me because. Unlike my daughter, or in fact, any of our kids, none of our kids have college degrees because we don't place any value on it. Obviously, you can see why my kids don't care. They're going to inherit more money than any human being will actually ever have. Uh, But what you guys both have, you both have college degrees. Uh, John got his after he went into real estate investing and came back and did it online or whatever. And you did it right before you got into real estate investing. Yet your parents both saw that the college degree wasn't the direct path to wealth. And they gave you the the heads up, the hands out to help you move that direction. So that's an interesting part. So let's talk now. Let's shift gears a little bit here. We've given everybody as much insight as we can. By the way, also, one more point before we leave, and that is, didn't she also give you, your brother, um, like birthday presents were stuck into, into your investment accounts instead of just giving you the money, stuff like that. Didn't she take, I, I thought you told me birthdays and Christmases and stuff and stuck a little money in the accounts with you. Did, was that true or am I just? No, no, there was a few you, times, both of uh, me, I have uh, three other siblings, both two older sisters and a younger brother. Um, so yes, sometimes for birthdays or like a Christmas present, instead of any kind of gifts, 
Um, it was basically investor money, just a few thousand that you'd keep in that savings account. And then just as your passive investments continue to grow, you'd put that into the savings as well as try to get into more passive deals. And so that's what I've been doing since I was 18 was I was using any kind of capital that I had, putting into passive deals more or less, waiting for those refinances or distributions, and then rolling that capital back into passive deals. I didn't want to eat my uh, seed corn, so I kept planting it, basically keep snowballing those things. That's wonderful, man. I wish I could say that for my kids. I mean, I actually have, they have my pictures uh, at Louis Vuitton on the wall. (laughs) Favorite status, favorite customer status. (laughs) VIP. VIP. I'd walk in there and buy three persons because I got two daughters and a wife, right? So I go, I need three. I need three for birthday season, and I need three more for Christmas, and you know, so I'm I'm pretty famous over there. They do give me a glass of champagne every time I walk in the door. Oh, you're back, Mr. Wamsley, yeah. But we don't own any real estate in the family other than mine, right? So it's kind of interesting uh, how the, your mom worked that out, and your dad, I'm sure, supported it. So let's move on. Let's talk about you decided you're going to do this, and you had to go through all the training. Otherwise, you couldn't have certified to be a lead investor, which you did. And now you're out there and you're do, you run up against two things, locating a deal and finding partners to get into the deal with you. Tell us about those two steps. And uh, you've got, let me see, you've got just under two minutes to give us this portion of that right. story. All right, perfect. Yeah, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. So let's start off with the beginning was investors. So I knew I was going to be a lead. I was planning it since, I mean, start of college, basically, was my goal was to be a lead inside of Lifestyles and grow from there. So out of college, I had already for that previous year, my entire senior year of college, I was going to, I mean, throughout my entire four years, but definitely the last year or two of my college, I was going to every single Lifestyles event, not only in my hometown of Houston, but other markets, other headquarters, just meeting a bunch of people, meeting a bunch of leads, getting as much knowledge, mentorship, and advice, and all at the same time growing my investor list. So by the time I came out and graduated from University of Houston for finance real estate, I was very prepared and knew exactly what I was looking for property-wise. So I set out my criteria to brokers, which was a million to $2 million purchase price, garden style, class C, multifamily property. Um, and so from there, brokers were sending me deals. I had friends and families also give me through the grapevine um, off-market deals letting me know. And fortunately enough, about a month and a half out of out of college. So Miles, we're going to have to take a break. Pick this back up after we uh, get back from break. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. For 30 years, I've taken the smartest people I could find and then held them up as examples for you guys to learn from. We're all only as strong as our best people. But the best part about this is that these best people are willing to give back. Ready to learn from the best? It starts with our free online workshop. Stop depending on your paycheck. Quit worrying about retirement. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. 
You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Miles Mozzarella. And as we went to break, Miles got cut off. He's talking about raising capital for this deal that he did. It's a 26-unit apartment complex. So, Miles, I know it was pretty easy for you to raise the capital, both because you did the preliminary work. You went out and looked for the people, set up your, you know, made your list. But it was very easy for you to raise the capital. This gives the people some idea how long it took you to raise the capital to do this apartment complex deal. It did go by pretty quick. I was fortunate to where I raised the money in about 24 hours. Now, I want everybody to listen to that. If you listen to all these people out there, they are doing everything they can do. They're sitting in front of the radio and YouTube doing hours and hours and hours of time doing clicks and clicks and clicks. And there's guys out there that are screaming that they're the greatest in the world. This 24-year-old kid raises the money to buy an apartment complex in 24 hours. Now, if that doesn't tell you how good this program is and how functional it is, I don't know what does. So let's move on. Let's talk about the property because the money was easy. There was no problem with the money. Just why did you pick this particular property? So this one was actually provided to me off market um, just by word of mouth. So from there, I ended up closing on that deal. I owned it. It was a 26 unit built in 1983. So I liked the year it was built. One of my biggest things that I liked about the deal was the location. I knew it was in a really valuable location, very close to a major part of the town that I was in. It was in Brenham, Texas, Um, so very close to downtown Brenham. I knew there was some opportunity on the rent side as well as on the expense side um, just to manage some expenses as well as increase the income. So I saw a lot of opportunity. I knew going in what I was purchasing at the cap rate. I knew my DSDR, which is my debt service payment, was very solid, being around two or more. Um, so I was very strong financially on the deal. So I knew I was going to perform very well. And so from there, my game plan was about a two-year hold or maybe a three-year hold. And then just due to uh, personally wanting to get to a bigger property, as well as providing my investors the biggest annualized return, which was the most important thing, being a passive myself for so long, especially one with uh, little capital, I knew getting that capital back and out of profit and at the highest possible annualized return is always going to be one of the passive goals. And so I knew that met their goals and met my goal to move on. So I ended up fortunately being able to sell that deal for, yes, I returned original capital and provided 55% profit on that deal. I closed on in July. And so, yes, sir, it was a, it was a great first deal. I self-managed that. So I was boots on the ground working about four to six days a week on that property, both as manager, leasing agent, most of the time. And I even did some partial maintenance work myself. So, For the listeners out there, I want you to listen to me very carefully. There is blood in the street right now. I was just listening to a video just a minute ago of somebody who had lost a property to to foreclosure. And blood in the street has come because people bought these properties at very high prices at the peak of the market and put adjustable rate mortgages on there. And then these adjustable rate mortgages started ticking up, boom, 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 in interest rate. A year ago, we put in the buy sign, buy signal out to all of our members. Get out. All these deals, anybody's got a deal, bail now. And there were so many people that said, no, 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 no. The the the, the Dems, the Biden economics is going to work out just fine. Everything's going to be okay. And we're just going to hang on, blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, now many of them are in trouble. Not all of them, but many of them are in trouble because of that. What I thought was so interesting that you picked that up, Miles, and you, you listened. And that's what I like about mentorees that will listen to me is that they end up being successful because they do listen. And you analyzed it into your deal that if the interest rates kept ticking up, every time that interest rate ticked up, the value of your property went down. And that's what was so brilliant behind that. Explain to us how you explain that to your partners, that, that by holding on, it could end up losing their profit. Right. Yes, sir. So I was actually... um. I was on an adjustable rate, but the reason why, and to break it down, was I was given provided two options. I could be on an adjustable um, starting at a 2.9, and this was early in about uh, March of 2022. And so the market was still pretty solid on interest rate-wise, and so I got into this adjustable, but I knew where it was potentially going. I had been talking to a lot of lending brokers and done some analysis myself as well, talking and listening to a bunch, as well as you and my mentors. And so I saw a lot of the signs. I knew increased expenses were coming, not only from interest, but, of course, being from Texas, our insurance was coming as well, and potentially even the tax at the time. And uh, in hindsight, we definitely knew the tax was coming. So I prepared for all those things, not only with my business plan and the rent growth to supplement and make sure that income provided more than enough for both my investors and those expenses, but I knew exactly where I needed to be time frame wise with my adjustable rate. I had a pretty good sense of where we were going to go um, just through research and talking to a lot of these people. And so I knew potentially we were going to go from about 2.9 to maybe around 7, 7.15 is what my prediction was, is actually what I have written down in my notebook. Sure enough, we're a little bit higher than that, but not by much. And so all that did was it shortened down my timeline a little bit. I knew going in, we're at this adjustable rate. Um, what I talked to everybody about what a interest rate cap would cost me. And at the time, if I had gone to a fix with an interest rate cap, it would have been a particular price point. And at that price point, I could have wrote out on my notebook, I have literally it laid out on the Excel spreadsheet. Uh, it took about 18, I want to say 18 to 22 months for as that interest rate grew, the difference of cost between that and if I had gone to a fix with an interest rate cap, what that would have potentially been, or just have an interest rate cap in general and what that would have looked like. And financially, it just didn't make sense. It was like it would the break-even cost was, I believe, right around like a 19-month mark. And at that time, I knew, well, if we go this long into the deal, I'll know very clearly long before that if I'm going to have a longer hold time than needed or if it's going to be a shorter hold time than needed, depending on my cash flow and what I can provide to investors. So sure enough, we were I was very strategic in planning on for my expenses how much income was needed, and then going above and beyond that to provide and be safe with all that. So I held on to cash on cash distributions. I provided a, a very solid amount of about 8.7%, but I could have distributed around 12 to 14%, and I was holding that extra capital going into 2023 in preparation for something like this. So when our taxes doubled from 10000 to 20000 and our interest rate was climbing every other month or every month, basically, um, these were all things I know for another person, it might have looked scary, but for us, we were very fine. We were very solid on our cash flow. We knew we had a lot of money saved up in the previous year as well. So financially, we were very strong. As you look back at this, is there anything you would have done differently? Hmm. If I would have done anything differently. I mean, the only thing is I, I, I wish the property was bigger, so it was more units. Um, that was really it. I 
I enjoyed it a lot. It was such a learning experience, but I also felt very prepared just from all the knowledge and the mentorship that I've had over the years. And so I've really just been from that deal, um, looked back on it, was just took the good lessons, um, learned from the mistakes, and then trying to carry that forward as well as get all the other experience I can from my mentors. Uh, people have been years in the industry. Um, honestly, some of them longer than I've been alive have been in the industry. And to get that advice and that mentorship from people like you and other lifestyles mentors as well has been super, super valuable. I mean, to have shoot a phone call to and ask about some super particular question on this one resident issue or this one little thing has been super valuable to me. So, I mean, nothing that I would really change about that first deal. I mean, you really don't have economics of scale to be able to run a property in normal format, full-time manager, full-time maintenance guy until you get up to around 60 units plus. Right. And uh, you've operated this one not in that format. Did you have a management company on this? I don't remember. Um, I didn't, so I self-managed. So I created my own management company, and then I okay. self-managed that property. Do you think it helped you to do that, to have one under your belt that you went out there and messed with? 100%. I mean, I'm not going to say that everybody needs to do that, but the lessons I learned from the little minute school things that you couldn't teach in a book to um, what it's like for people management, the understanding of resident manager communications, as well as just the daily life of what an operator should be doing was super valuable, especially when I'm looking at these next potential deals and bigger scale properties on 100 units. When I do have or hire on some management, um, more personnel, I want to know exactly what they're going to be doing, what it looks like, know how it feels to be doing the job they're doing. And that goes all the way to my maintenance guys. That's why I did some part-time maintenance work. I want to know how long it takes for them or how long it should take for a dishwasher. If it took me four hours to work on a dishwasher, well, an experienced maintenance guy, it should take much less, in my opinion. I want to make a point before you go on here, that your parents didn't do it that way. They didn't buy their first apartment to go out there and work in the business. They let you do it. You know, just as, uh, you know, life's experience education, right. basically. Right. So I want people to understand that not everybody has to have life experience education, like what he's talking about, hands-on, because they know enough about business maybe already, or they've owned their own business of some kind. Um, but, yeah, people that have never owned a business, never run a business, never hired staff, never done anything, it might be good for them to try something a little smaller to get used to it. So I wanted to make that point. What size are you going for now? Because uh, we've only got a few minutes here left. Right. What, what are you it's looking at now for the future? Right now I've been looking at hopefully a 100, 150-unit uh, property, definitely something I could scale up on for wise. I'd love to have an on-site manager and on-site maintenance team. Um, so that's been my goal. Obviously, most likely Class C, maybe lower Class B, multifamily property, garden style. Um, and then I grew up in Houston, so my market is greater Houston, obviously. But recently, I've been reaching out into some other markets outside of Texas in general that I've been really enjoying. I'm actually currently at one right now that um, I've been really enjoying and just looking at different properties and getting as much knowledge and experience as possible. Well, on one thing that's uh, is functional for you that isn't for anybody else, and that is... You're young. You've got no ties. You don't, you're not married. You don't own a home. You've got nothing tying you anywhere. If you could go find a deal you could make a million bucks on, uh, and it's somewhere else, it, there's nothing tying you down, right? 
Right. I'm 100% willing to go travel, live somewhere, take anything down. So that's where I'm fortunate, and that's where I'm, I'm staying like that currently. I rent my own apartment complex so I can stay flexible. Um, so, yeah, I'm more than happy to go anywhere and do anything that's needed. Yes, sir. So let me ask this question, then we're going to have to um, and probably be up against the back of the show. Starting as young as you're starting, knowing the trajectory that you've seen at Lifestyle, especially somebody like John Boriak, which started at your age, you know, type deal. Um, where do you see yourself at 40s, at 50s, you know, at 60s? Do you have any, do you have any conception uh, of how your life could turn out getting started as early as you have? I mean, I definitely have an idea um, looking at some of the people that are older than me and the path they've taken. So I have an idea, but honestly, I'm just taking it one year at a time, trying to grow and learn as much as possible every year and every day in general. Um, I swear I learned something every day new in the world of real estate and in multifamily. Um, so it's been a great experience and I just want to continue growing and learning. So for the 40s and 50 year old me, I, I honestly can't tell you, but I can know for sure that I'll probably still be doing this till I'm 40 or 50 because I love it. It's a lot of fun a lot of value to it as well as making communities better and influencing entire neighborhoods entire cities is just so amazing to see so like on that first deal i definitely affected that entire market um to something that was never there before and i'll always carry that with so it's definitely special well you're a special young lad and i'm um, always glad to know you and can't wait to see what you come up with over the years here um for the rest of you out there you got to understand this this gentleman did it, and everybody else talks about it. All the time, I get people telling me how great they could be. He went out and did it, and that's what it takes, especially if you're young. So youngsters out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Miles, thanks for being on. The rest of you, have a great day. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.